from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. It is Tuesday, the 1st of November. I hope you're having a lovely day outside. It's 22 degrees and uh, beautiful and sunny now that... uh, that partly cloudy has uh, has left. We've got a beautiful big orange sun and 22 degrees. It's just beautiful out there. Now, over the last couple of months, I've been bringing you the story of Jenny's Place, which is a domestic violence and homeless service, and some of the incredible work that they've been doing. As you're aware, we followed the trek in the Simpson Desert, and uh, the Empowered Walk is going to uh, happen on Sunday, the 27th of November. And the walk aims to educate participants about domestic violence and raise awareness of how to access help for women you know. It seeks to empower the community to help understand and break the cycle of domestic violence. And it is a cycle that uh, for many families and for many, it certainly goes across generations. Joining me in the studio this morning is uh, is a wonderful guest. It is uh, Meg Dolan, and she's passionate about raising her voice to raise awareness about domestic and family violence. Good morning, Meg. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, Tracy, and thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, before we go any further... You have some, the most impeccable fashion sense. Oh. We've, we've got matching shoes today. <laughs> I know. We're totally twinsy we and are. rocking it because we look fabulous in our Nine West. Of course we do. <laughs> and, 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 you know, only several snakes died to bring those shoes to life. <laughs> yes, but the fake ones, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah. It's a fake one. It's a fake one. <laughs> now, uh, you and I have been talking off air because um, obviously, you know, this is a very sensitive subject. It, uh, you know, it, it brings up lots of emotion for lots of people and uh, it can sometimes be really tough to talk about. So if any of the conversation that we are having now is uh, is triggering at all for you, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. That number again is 13 11 14. Or please uh, reach out to uh, to Jenny's place if uh, if this story prompts you to uh, to want to do anything or to to really make a change. Meg, you uh, you and I have been talking, and um, domestic violence it really has been a part of your life, all of your life, hasn't it? Yeah, it's interesting, Tracy. It's something that I didn't really reflect on until more recently when I managed to escape from my last abusive relationship. Um, And it's something that I did need to reflect on on a totality point of view to really understand the pattern and and why it comes to premonition with me particularly, why I was predisposed to be attracted to that in the first Mm. place. And for me, understanding that was key to moving forward. How hard was it to actually come to grips with that and to realise that this is this is a generational thing for you? It is really hard because it, it does sort of colour your experiences when you look back on your childhood. Um, I've got two siblings, one of which just refuses to simply talk about anything that happened in our childhood. And that's just simply because we don't have or we didn't have the tools to deal with it at the time. We just pushed it on down and put on a mask and moved on. But when you're stuck in a, an abusive household with parents who are responsible for being your saviours and the ones that will always protect you and they're not there for that, there was no one to turn to. It's really tough, isn't it? And then you, you continue to attract that. That's what you're used to. You don't think you deserve anything better. So you would, you gravitate towards that. And it's because you don't really see it at the time as a negative thing. It's just what you know. And I think that's the danger. 
That's the danger in not being able to recognise it in the first place and put a name on it because then you do naturally gravitate towards an environment and a feeling and a relationship that feels comfortable because it is known to you. And it's not a good thing, um, but it's a comfortable thing. And we don't realise we're doing it until we have that knowledge to look back and reflect and put a label on it. And change is scary for all of us. And, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're if you used to that kind of abuse, then someone treating you well, you kind of, you go, why, why, what do they want? Why are they treating me nicely? You, mm-hmm. you don't you don't demand that do you and it's interesting um you know having entered into the dating world more recently um i came across very different characters as you can imagine um but my partner i've been with now for a little while and um i always used to think what is wrong with us because we were just so there was there was something missing and it wasn't that there was something missing that should be there There was just something missing that shouldn't have been there and it wasn't there and for me it felt unusual. And I started questioning what was wrong with our healthy, positive, loving relationship just simply because there was that factor missing that I wasn't used to it not being there. And then I really dawned on me that that's a really great thing that I've gotten to a point where I can see that and I can sense it and I can understand it and I finally found the most amazing person that you know doesn't make me feel that way doesn't make me apologize 24 7 doesn't make me feel like I'm walking around on eggshells I just feel loved and accepted Oh, you make me want to cry. <laughs> um, it, obviously, it, it was really tough for you to come out of uh, out of your, your abusive relationship. Um, you, know, you said to me you'd been in it for ten years, but uh, you know you tried to leave many, many times. Yeah. Um, most successfully, you left the last time mm-hmm. three three and a half years ago. What got you to leave? What actually finally made you? This is the right time. This is the one that I am actually going to do it. Yeah, and there was so many of those moments, but the the true catalyst for me was. The moment, very um, unforeseen, uh, sitting at a ballet studio waiting for my beautiful autistic son to go into his ballet class. And he just very simply, matter-of-factly, after no catalytic event, just turned and looked at me and said, Mum, do you think that we might get a new house soon? And I said, oh, why is that, buddy? Why do you ask that? Well, you know... You and Dad are always fighting. Dad's always angry at you and you're always crying. And I, I just think it might be time. I just think it might be time for us to get a new house. And do you know what floored me, Tracy? It was not the absolute innocence from the mouth of babes that, that came from. And because he is on the spectrum, it's so matterfactual. There wasn't a lot of emotion behind it for him. It was just a statement of fact. But it was that realisation that I was that child I was the child that I used to wish for Christmas that my parents would get divorced that was me and I'm doing that to him and I was staying because the choice is to stay so that I can be there to protect them but ultimately I don't want them to repeat the pattern and that's that moment where I saw that's exactly what's happening and that will continue to happen if I don't break that cycle and walk out that door And so I did. It took six months to put plans in place because it's not easy. And honestly, till the day I die, that would be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's not simple. 
But having the right support around you and having the right guidance is crucial because you just can't do it alone. You can't. That I, I cannot imagine what that must have been like just out of the blue for, for that to happen. And as you say, they are so insightful when oh. the kids on the spectrum, they are just incredibly insightful. But sometimes that's what you need, isn't it? Just the straight, the bang. Wow, what what did you do when, when he said that to you? What did you what did you do besides wanting to burst into tears? What did you do? Oh, well, I did burst into mm. tears, but that's okay. <laughs> that's allowed. That's allowed. Um, and I just gave him the biggest hug in the world. Uh, and all I could think in my mind was I need to protect them. I need them. I just need them to have a childhood that is not influenced by violence. And violence it's so misperceived. It's not always physical. The emotional, the financial, the everything, it all plays a role. And, and that's, for me, I was in a coercive, controlling relationship. So the violence was in the background, but it wasn't the predominant fear. Mm. And I could see the behaviour of my children taking on the characteristics of a survivor. They weren't aware of it, but they were adapting themselves to it. Um, and for me, I, I had no choice. I reached out. I, I was so blessed to be in the most wonderful community around New Lambton. Um, the school that my children are at, St. Teresa's, I just want to shout out to that community because without all the incredible parents at that school, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. Without the help of Jenny's place, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. And without the help of my family and friends that I'd been ostracised from, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did. So Jenny's place were pivotal in putting all those other pieces in place and giving me the strength to be able to be honest with those people in my life about what was happening so that they could help me. That's a big thing, isn't it? We don't, I mean, looking at you now, and I have no doubt you would have been exactly the same person 10 years ago. You know, you are a powerful woman. You are you're attractive. You, I, can, I can see the strength inside of you, yet you are in in this controlling relationship it can touch any of us and and that's the thing that i think we all need to realize that it doesn't matter how we look on the outside that when we get behind and we close that front door and we go inside our home anyone can be affected by by this whether it's male whether it's female we can all be affected by this yeah absolutely and a house is and a home is supposed to be the place where you feel the safest um, but it just chips away. And I was at the point where I felt like a shell of myself. There was absolutely none of me left because it was all chipped away over the years because who I am was not okay. So I softened and I moulded and I adapted myself so none of that was present in me anymore. And I didn't know who I was when I walked out that door. I didn't. I had a, a vague glimpse of what I used to be um, but the sense of self is lost and that's one of the things they do isn't it it's exactly what they do and I, I, I don't think perpetrators are, are often conscious of it um, or even aware of what that behavior results in but it, it's definitely intentional because that's what keeps you there it pushes you away from everyone it pushes you away from a life you once knew you are kept in a closet almost. That's how you feel. How are you, uh, do you talk to your ex-partner now? I mean, obviously no. you've got the children, but you, you don't. 
No, and we very rarely come into contact. I, I, interestingly, the first time was a few months ago now in Queensland at a, uh, my daughter's dance competition and I was face-to-face with him for the first time. And we didn't in- exchange any words, but following that, I, I almost had a breakdown. I, I couldn't function. I was shaking, couldn't string a sentence together. And it was just being forced to be in a room with him. I can't do it. it it's it's really, really hard. And I, I really don't want to. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, I can, I can you know, having, having shared care with children, uh, it's a positive thing. I mean, I want them to have a great relationship with their dad if it's a healthy one but um, that when you have children you always are going to be forced to interact with that person has he changed has he identified the behavior or just continues on no not at all the manipulation I mean I'm three and a half years separated and it was only just on the weekend that he tried to force a wedge between myself and my sister for, to what end and for what purpose, I've got no idea. But it's just to inflict pain. And to continue to manipulate you and keep you underneath it's the thumb. control. Yeah, absolutely. When you, uh, when you did speak to your friends and your family, were they aware of what, <laughs> what was going on or they just thought that you'd, you'd moved away, you'd moved yourself away from everybody? Were they aware of what was going on? Yeah, and that's a really interesting conversation. Um, my father went through, and look, this is why I keep saying that this issue is a human one, not a female one, because it was my mother who was abusive as a child, and my father was coercively controlled by her. So he didn't really have the tools to help me other than to say that he would be there for me. But of course, my ex-partner did everything he could to draw a wedge there create conflict so that I felt uncomfortable being around them and they felt uncomfortable being around me. So that idled along, but they were always there in the background. Mm. But I lost so many friends over the years. A mum's group when I had Oliver when I was first, he was first born, I was so close with that group of women and I shared everything with them in a way that I haven't shared things with other people. And they saw a lot of what was happening, but it all got too hard for them for, to see me go back each time Mm. after something happened they just got frustrated and they didn't have the tools to help and so they walked away and I get it I do but I want people to feel like they can make a difference they can help because turning a blind eye isn't the way to do it so I, I lost those friends but I've had other friends that were there the whole time who just kept saying to me you need to leave you need to leave every time and I would leave and I would go back and feel ashamed but they didn't judge me and I think that's the difference you can't leave until you are ready to leave you can't force someone to walk out the door you can't force someone to pack up their bags their life and their kids in tow and sever their relationship you you can't force it upon them you have to wait and the key is being there to catch them when they fall and they do fall, don't they? They do. They fall so hard. Mm. And I made the very difficult decision to leave um, working in the travel industry at the time and then COVID hit. Oh. <laughs> so I lost uh, – well, I mean, I had to walk out of my house that I own. Um, and he changed the locks the moment I did. So <sighs> I had nowhere to live. I had no income because, you know, that industry went down the drain for a little while. 
or at least on hiatus. Um, and I was very lost and questioning myself. And at one point thought it might be easier just to go back. Mm. And but, that's exactly what people do. And that's right. The support systems just need to be there, don't they? So what did Jenny's Place do for you? How, how did they help you get, you know, as you said, you walked out, the, do- the doors are locked, you've got nowhere to go. What did you do? Yeah, I definitely leaned on their resource centre. The women there are just the most compassionate, caring people I've ever come across in my life. And the biggest thing for me was there was no judgment. So I was very, very fortunate. A very close friend of mine um, offered me to sleep literally what they call the couch, but it was a spare bed with my children in tow. And we all bunged into a, a three-bedroom house with all of us over COVID lockdown oh. and homeschooling. So that was... <laughs> that would have been fun. She's an amazing person. <laughs> um, so I had that from an accommodation point of view, but um, Jenny's Place were there to connect me with the government services that I didn't know were out there. I mean, you don't know. There's no database for you to find this information. There's a web of government websites and a a maze of information just in no conformative area. So they were able to help me with those supports to start safely and, you know, all these different things that I could access. They were able to give me psychological assistance. And it was only then I'd already left and it was only once I had sat with that psychologist that Jenny's Place helped me with that I actually realised that what I was in an abusive relationship, I knew it wasn't right, but I had never heard the co- term coercive control mm-hmm. before, ever. And that was three and a half years ago. Well, it's now law. You can't, it, it's now illegal. In Queensland, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's about to uh, it's about to go through parliament here, which uh, is the day that we all yeah sit and, and shout from the rooftops. So three and a half years on, um, for the first time, you're sharing your story. You're helping others. Where are you at now? What's uh, what's gone on over the last three years? Uh, it's. I really want to close that chapter of my life. Um, unfortunately, it's still being strung out a little bit, um, but I look forward to the time where it can be. I've decided to move on with my life regardless. Um, I'm rebuilding. I'm back in the travel industry. I um, have reconnected with a lot of lost friends. Um, I'm in a fantastic relationship. My children are happy. They're thriving. Um, You know, just kicking life goals at the moment. And it's just the little things that really add up for me. Um, The ability to control my own money. The ability to go and catch up with a friend without justifying where and why and who else was there and why you came back five minutes late. The ability to not walk around on eggshells anymore. It's the weight that's been lifted off my shoulders is incredible. And, you know, it's really hard to describe those little things, but that that's the part that makes you feel safe at home. Mm. Have you got your own place now? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, my partner and I have just recently moved in together. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really wonderful. And um, I hope to finally be able to buy our own place very soon as well, um, my own place so that's, that's all future goal stuff. Um, but for me, it's just happiness has mm. returned to my life. Obviously, a big part of, of your future life and, and going forward will be trying to educate and tell other people. How important do you think that is? I mean, you told your story for the first time at the, uh, the McClough Foundation fundraising dinner. You told your mm. story for the first time. Is it getting easier? 
Every time you use your words um, and voice your story, it gets just that little bit easier. Not easier in um, realising what's happened in your life, but just the ability to hold back some of the tears each time. Mm. Um, so it just gets that touch more comfortable um, to, to put words on it without being overly emotive. Um, certainly I've gotten to the point where I've realised this is something that I, I just have to do. I, I can't allow shadows to exist in our community any longer. Um, and it was such an empowering thing talking at that uh, fundraiser because there were so many people in the room that came up to me afterwards and said, I know someone just like you. And, you know, that's scary. It is scary, isn't it? Because we all know somebody like it, mm. but we all sit back. Yeah, and why is that? Is it because we don't – I think, honestly, we just don't know what to do. We don't know what the right thing to do. Um, they want, don't want to overstep their bounds. They don't want to force a friendship to be lost. And that's what Jenny's Place do. They educate people on this is how we help. Um, and certainly the, the amount of change that I've seen talking about family and domestic violence and particularly the subject of coercive control, which I now know what it means, in the three and a half years it's been mind-boggling. Um, and it's certainly come about very quickly that we're suddenly okay to talk about it. It's not just kept behind closed doors. It's not swept under the carpet. There's no one having to walk around with a mask anymore pretending it's all okay because they can use their voice comfortably to talk about it. And I thank the community for that because being able to use my voice to share my story is power and sharing the knowledge that comes from that is power. I thank you for sharing your story, for being brave enough to, to talk about it because if we inspire one person today, then we've done something. That's right. And that's what it's about. Now, of course, uh, Jenny's Place, we are we have the Empowered Walk happening on the uh, 27th of November. I've got my shirt ready to go. <laughs> I'm already in. So you and I can walk together Excellent. on that one. Um, how important are things like this, events like this for, for the community? I know we had Reclaim the Night last Friday night. We and uh, yeah, I still can't believe that, that we've been doing that one since 1977. There is something mm. seriously wrong. Mm. Um, how important are events like this that we do get together as a community and we empower each other? I think just showing up shows that people care. And showing up to these events, doesn't matter whether you yourself were, you know, impacted or you know anyone that was, just being there as a community to say, we're here. Um, and it brings this issue to the fore. You know, people are, we're talking about it. Um, Jenny's Place become more active and people know about them. I didn't know about Jenny's Place until the year I was leaving. Um, See, that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I knew that the support services and, you know, I can touch base with these people over the time, but I actually didn't know what they really did because it's all been so hush-hush for so long. So, you know, just letting everyone know if they're in that situation what they can do. It's okay to use your voice. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay that we're all survivors. And we're going to get through it together and we're going to heal as a community get together. But these community events are vital for that. And we're going to change the world. Oh, yeah. 
We have we to. Sure are. We have to. <laughs> I uh, I love uh, one of the quotes that uh, that is attributed to uh, to Marsha Chapman, who is uh, obviously the uh, the executive manager at Jenny's Place. I really like this. It will take a whole of community effort to create a future where women and children can live free from violence and coercive control. It is going to take a whole community and it's going to take a whole generation. It will take a generation. And I was at a breakfast recently for Jenny's Place um, celebrating their anniversary. And I, this, the founders of Jenny's Place were talking about how it began and, and what it was like back then. And they too said the same thing. They're handing over the baton to the next generation because this is going to be their fight to see it through. And I, we're all here to help, but it's going to take a generational change and, you know, some of those old ways of life are going to have to die out. And the patriarch has to die out. And it's it not does. just the patriarch. We know that we have, you know, women who, as you said with your family, we, we have women who, who perpetrate this as well. Mm. Um, Same-sex yeah. relationships, mm. you know, it, it's everywhere. But it's just that, you know, we need peace and understanding rather than, you know, power and dominance at, in the home. Oh, well said. That's a perfect way to finish. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Thank you so much, Meg, for coming in and for sharing your your story for, with me, for just being so open. And uh, as I said at the beginning, if we can help one person leave their relationship today, then we've done what we've set out to do we've today. We've done our job. We have. We mm-hmm. certainly have. Thank you so much for your time. Now, if you would like to be part of the Empowered Walk, it is uh, it is being supported by Newcastle Live. It's happening Sunday, the 27th of November. You'll find all of the details at Jenny's Place. If you head to either the website or to their Facebook page, you'll find all of the details there. It is a very short walk. You pick up your T-shirt at 8 o'clock. You start walking at 9 o'clock. And then uh, between 10 and 2, there will be some great things happening down at Newcastle Foreshore Carriage Sheds. It is free entry. It is, uh, it's time for us to really take uh, the secrecy away, to stop the silence and to make a difference. And with people such as yourself, Meg Dolan, <laughs> fingers crossed we're going to get there. We will. We will. We will. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Thank you so much for your company. If anything has caused concern for you this morning, please make sure you reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. That number again for Lifeline, 13 11 14. Or if you do need assistance, please reach out to Jenny's Place. They are wonderful. They are non-judgmental and they will assist you in any way that they possibly can. And they are just incredible. They are. Uh, they help more than a thousand local women each year to escape from domestic and family violence and uh, any support you can provide is greatly appreciated you're with tracy mack on newcastle live with decades of media experience tracy mack brings you a smart fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9, only on Newcastle Live.